1: This is a podcast from Minute Media.
0: You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson.
1: Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 234. What is going on? I'm Matt O'Leary.
3: He is Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how's it going? I'm loaded up on sugar. Like, I just had, I don't know how many. Kiss things, whatever. I forget what brand it is. Hershey Kisses, I suppose. I think I had like nine of those. of Ferrero Rocher. It's like random Christmas chocolate that was around the house. Okay. And now I'm drinking a Sprite that says zero sugar, but I'm sure it still has some of it. Just to kind of like get all that sugar up in me to see how late I can stay up to watch this game tonight.
1: Yeah, I'm going to do my best as well. No promises, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what we can do.
3: 1030 start time is rough. Yeah, man, that 10.30 start time, right? Even if the puck drops right at 10.30, that's still late. Oh, I can't. I don't know. I'm going to try, but uh, I no promises that I'll make it through the first period. (laughs) Absolutely. So uh,
1: let's hop into this episode here, Mitch. Uh, We're going to kind of start with, well, what needs to change? Or or what do the Islanders need to get better at? Because, uh, oh, the last time we saw them... They lost in a brutal effort against the Seattle Kraken. Now, obviously, we're recording this on Wednesday night. Like usual, they're about to restart their schedule here. So what the hell has to change here?
3: Yeah. First, I just want to say, how about this is the first time they play the Vancouver Canucks in Vancouver. And I think at all since they played them in 2020, right? In March 11th of 2020. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a good point. That's insane. That's two full years now that they haven't played. And it seems like, I wrote it today in the in the pregame, kind of like bookending this whole COVID thing. That that doesn't mean like, COVID is over, yay, run the banners. It just means like, there is a semblance of normalcy in the NHL, it seems, right? Full seasons, international games type of thing. Uh, it's still not perfect. And cases have gone down, right? We're not seeing like 20 players every day, basically, with, with the virus. So things are, are, are looking better. I just wanted to say that there.
1: Yeah, and just because you mentioned the, the player cases for a second, uh, what th- would you make of the Kyle Palmieri rumored to be on the COVID list to then be announced it was actually paternity leave? I think that's
3: just some cock up with some paperwork or whatever. Thumb. I don't know why I slurred my ass there. Um, I'm sure it was just kind of like they filed it for uh, non-roster and maybe people just went like, oh, that means COVID because that's typically what it means right now. And then the Islanders are like, no, 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 they they had a baby. Oh, whoops. (laughs) Yeah, I got Cap Friendly got me on that one. So, yeah, same thing. (laughs) At least it wasn't a fake account. If it's Cap Friendly getting it wrong, whatever. So be it. Yeah. But congratulations
1: to him and his wife. Uh, Now to, well, the much more difficult
3: task is what do they do? Kyle Palmieri. It really does actually start with Kyle Palmieri in this case. To change things, and I, I'm a, I, we have to have like this little kind of annotation or bar to this entire section because there is a portion of the fan base, rightfully so, who've already written off the team, right? They're like, it's done. I don't care. Like, they're not making the playoffs. And I can't fault them for feeling that way, but we're still operating on the assumption that it's mathematically possible, so they're going to do it. Now what needs to change? And that's where we get to Kyle Palmieri.
1: Yeah, it's truly remarkable just how dried up the goal scoring has been for him this year. Um, The season's been very stop and go for him, like most players. But uh, based on what we saw from him in the playoffs, I don't think anyone was expecting him to come into this year and just be a complete non-factor. I hate to say that because that sounds really harsh, but seven points... One goal so far on the year
3: is a non-factor. No, you're absolutely right. That it, it's certainly not five million dollars factor, right? Like no. if you're getting seven points from Austin Zarnick in 29 games, you're like, all right, and we'll we'll get to him a little bit later. I brought his name up for a reason. Um, but if you're getting seven points through 30 games from Kyle Palmieri, who just received a 20 million dollar nod of confidence from the Islanders, that's not good. Right. And specifically, 1.6 shooting percentage. Right. He has one goal on 63 shots. That is horrendous. That's like me shooting. I'm sure at some point you give me 63 shots on an NHL goalie with other players buzzing around. I'll probably convert at least one of them.
1: <laughs> That's high praise for yourself, man. I don't know if I would at go that. At least one. Maybe one in a thousand. Okay, fair
3: enough. Come on, like, you got to think about it. Like, he, he's a pro player, and he still only has and like an established veteran who's done this before. He's got one goal. And he's not, like, at the end of his career, right? He just turned 30, did he not? Yeah. 31. In February, just a couple of days ago, he just turned 31. Like, this isn't the back end of his career. This shouldn't be gone with the way it is right now. No, but, I mean, you look at the last few
1: years in in uh, 2020 2021 he had 10 goals in 51 games but before that 25 27 24 26 30 I mean this is someone who you could pretty much pencil in 25 goals in your sleep and you're gonna be lucky if you get double digits from him this year
3: yeah and and that's a problem right and it's not like the underlying numbers are good ish right or they're they're better I should say they're better than what he's got in terms of actual return he's expected to score 5.61 goals so far so round that up to to six sorry not seven to six goals at five on five only so far this year he's got the one so clearly something isn't working there he's getting himself into half decent opportunities maybe not a ton 5.6 or six goals on the year still isn't a ton for someone who should get you 30 but it's certainly better than one. It's five times better. Sorry, six times better than one. Um, Something needs to change there with Kyle Palmieri. I don't know what it is, obviously, uh, because again, he is getting himself in half-decent positions, right? And individual expected goals for 5.61 at 5-on-5 is pretty good. Again, not fantastic, but good enough. When you consider all strengths, I'm just bringing it up now, 7.2. He should have 7 goals on the year based off of the quality of shots that he's getting. So what I I that's decent. You'll take 7 goals from Kyle Palmieri. That changes things for the Islanders in a much better way.
1: No, of course it does. And it's just I, I don't know. It's just frustrating to see that number. The number 1 in in goals scored is frustrating. And yeah, it's good that the underlying numbers are there. That's you know, a a sign that you know maybe comes around on this thing, but he is being paid to put the puck in the back of the net, which he's not doing. And guys like Zach Parise get the benefit of the doubt for not putting up the production because he's making less than a million dollars, and now he's on a one-year deal. Kyle Palmer is making $5 million against the cap, and it's not just for this year. There's three more years after this. So fans are rightfully so more agitated with Kyle Palmieri because he was supposed to play next to Matt Barzell. It was supposed to be, okay, this is a guy who's going to put in 25 goals. You know, Jordan Eberle is probably around the same in in goal scoring production in that room, in that window. But with Palmieri, he's a little bit bigger. He'll be a little bit more physical. That might work with Anders Lee and he has that shot. So, uh, you know, that was the plan before the year started. And then, he had that what was a 12 games games in a row without a goal. And then is now on like another 15 game streak without a goal.
3: It's just not really turned out the way that they drew it up. And the way that, that some of us saw it, I'll say myself specifically, I said, Kyle Palmieri would be a better fit than, than Jordan Eberle. Um, obviously that's not working out right now, but I still got three years to, to make that work. Um, I don't really know what's going on here, but if something has to change for the New York Islanders, it's, it, it starts with Kyle Palmieri. Not just Kyle Palmieri. It's not fair to just throw him under the bus, but it starts with him. And then you work your way down to the Baileys, the Bows, and the Pejos, right? Like Those are three, it was four, if you include Palmieri, of the six more important forwards on the team that aren't really scoring, at least recently, Right. Those th- four guys have combined for I believe it's one goal over the last like 10 games. Yeah, it's not good. Right. That is not good. And don't call me on the actual number, but but I, I know it, it's quite low. And I should maybe bring it up as I speak. And maybe when you take over in a second, I'll, I'll bring that up exactly. But I know that those four guys aren't performing as of right now, at least recently. And, and that needs to change. Right, because if they're to start putting up wins, they need their depth scoring to—I don't know—depth score. No, without a doubt. And do you? Get,
1: I guess my question for you with Pajo Do you almost give him the benefit of the doubt because of how many different roles and how many different hats he wears for this team, or do you think it's fair to get on him for the gold number being a little bit on the lower side?
3: I don't necessarily get on him for that. Uh, I would like it to be higher, but. I think if we're going to start putting Jean-Gabriel Peugeot on on the picket to be like, you're not scoring enough, then we need to remember what we were saying back at the trade deadline when they acquired him, where we were going, he's not being brought in to be, I'm going to put up 20 goals every year. He's being brought in to be solid in both ends and maybe add some offense, maybe get you 10 to 15 in a year, which I think he's still on pace for. So I I think it's fine for Jean-Gabriel Peugeot yeah that's the thing for me like i don't know he just adds so many extra elements
1: to his game and he's just been deadly in the face off dot this year he's at 57.3 percent which is just wild so um it's like i said it's kind of hard for me to get on him for for his performance but yes the points probably have to be a little bit higher there josh bailey the the assist numbers are there 17 assist is uh second on the team here trailing only matt barzell by one but three goals in 34 games. And I know Josh Bailey's not a goal scorer, but three
3: is also kind of a jarring number. It is not nearly high enough. And you're right. Again, Josh Bailey, not noted goal score, um, but it, it's it's something he's got to add something, right? Like three is not enough. It, it's just not cutting it. He's got three in what? 38 games. No, he's missed a few games. So, um, 34. Get, yeah. In 34 games. Mm-hmm. Three divided by thirty-four times. Um, so he's let's just say in eighty-two, he's still. Oh, oh, that's a seven-goal pace. Yeah, I mean, even for Josh Bailey, that's not enough. He has to come close to doubling it. Exactly, and so like that has to change. That that's the thing, right? They're supposed to be a team of uh, cut by the uh, death by a million cuts, right? Mm-hmm. So they're not gonna have one guy who can pop in forty that they're counting on for forty or even two guys to pop in 30. They're counting on four or five guys to pop in 20. And they're not getting that, right? And I know Josh Bailey isn't the guy that you count on for 20, but you, the point here is that they're counting on depth scoring and scoring from everywhere and they're not getting that.
1: No. No, you have Brock Nelson who's missed considerable amount of time <laughs> leading the team in goals at 14. And he's only played 30 games. You have guys who are playing in the mid 30s, I think 39 is the highest here. But I mean, so you have Nelson who's missed almost what a big, not what's nine. I don't want to do the math. Nine divided by 30, nine, nine divided by 30. Why are you getting me to do the math? 23% of the season
3: he's missed. Yes. Well, the nine divided by 30 is 30%. So like, yeah, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot. Right. And and he's still leading the team in goals. Like, almost easily type of thing. Which is is fine if he's leading the team in goals. It's when you look at the other guys behind him, they're not really close. Right? You've got Barzal. I I believe Wallstrom's right there. And and Lee's kind of not too far behind. But after that, it's a cavern.
1: Yeah, you have Lee at 11 and both uh, Barzal and Wallstrom at 10. Uh, But then after that, it's...
3: Uh, Bovillier at 7 right you're starting to fall down there and um, so going forward if things are going to progress to where they could maybe challenge for a playoff spot it's going to be because their depth scoring is scoring at a depth rate right like gosh, I, that was a dumb way of <laughs> wording it I was no. trying to be all clever and stuff and it came out all dumb
1: no they just um, need their guys to play to what they're supposed to be playing they're, they have too many guys underperforming that's the issue
3: Absolutely. That that's that's really it. That is case in point. The first thing that needs to change for the Islanders. Uh, the second thing is they got to stop giving off soft goals. I'm looking at the goalies here. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It, it's just they're they're good. Obviously, Ilya Sorokin has played very well this year. Uh, Semyon Varlamov has been. I mean, numbers wise, nine sixteen and two fifty seven. You you should be able to live with that, but. Too many times, especially in the first periods, early in games, they put themselves down in a one nothing hole on a play that could be totally avoided. And it's both of them. Like, even Sorokin, as good as he's been, a 924 and 231 goals against is really, really good numbers. But you just can't have these mental mistakes that put you
3: in a one nothing hole when your team can't score. <laughs> it's It's not a good recipe it really isn't right like specifically when it's early in a game right like 57 seconds in and boom you're down on a fluke goal and you're going guys like we we can't run from behind all the time we have to start running at like being the first one on the board um and and it sucks to be like wow you gotta poop on the goalies here but at a certain point yeah we got to fix that. Like, the way this whole thing is built, this way the way this whole house of cards is structured for the Islanders is the foundation of it is strong goalie play. And if they're not getting that, and outside of those flukes, it, it is strong goalie play, right. but still, it, you can give me 9.60 save percentage after you've added, like, let in two, but you still let in the two. You can't do that.
1: No, yeah, it, it's just... It's frustrating when the saves that are gimmies don't get saved. The Islanders are not built that way to survive. You know, teams who score four goals a night, they could absolutely survive that. Islanders were never going to be that this year. We hope they would take a step forward offensively, but if anything, they've taken a step back, which, I mean, it just shows you have no room to wiggle.
3: Well, and that's it, right? Like, it's not to say that the Islanders can't come back from a deficit. It's that the way the Islanders are built in terms of their strategies, we're going to be as tight as possible, right? No leaks. We give off no leaks. whatsoever. We are not the Titanic in any way, shape or form. An iceberg hits us. No leaks, buddy. But recently, leaks have started forming. They're not scoring at the same rate. They're letting in fluke goals. And you combine those two and it's, it's going under and breaking in half before it even goes below the surface yeah it's not a gr- not a great sign <laughs> so like if those things change if the softies change and, and of course that doesn't mean like they can never allow a soft goal that's going to happen they face like a thousand shots a year sure but what what should happen is they need to be reduced by a significant rate
1: no it can't be one a game if it's one <laughs> every 4 or 5 then okay that's uh, i could live with that but as we said, for a while here, it's been like you could pencil it in. In the first period, there's going to be a soft goal. It doesn't matter if it's Varlamov. It doesn't matter if it's Sorokin. Whoever's in net is going to give up a goal. That's going to make your scratch your head. Yeah, and,
3: and that needs to change. 100%. If they're... Pardon me. This soda that I'm drinking or pop that I'm drinking is... Oh, the carbonation is getting me all burpy there. But um, anyways, uh, they need to change that. They need to tighten up, right? Stop the leaking.
1: Yeah, frustrating. So... Uh, is there anything else on our list here of things
3: they have to do better? I don't think there's anything that they need to do better. If there's any encouragement, it's their defensive structure. Um, they're not allowing, at least recently, a lot of shots against. And that's that's what you want to see from an Islander team that, if, you know, they clamp down defensively, limit opportunities, and they're kind of doing that. Now, if they can take that part and fix those other two things, specifically the scoring, oh, oh my God, if they can fix the scoring they'll be well on their way. Again, that doesn't say like they do that they're in. It's just they're putting themselves in a better position to get in. Yeah, just play their game. You know they have a style. Usually, more
1: often than not, if they get to three goals, you're in good shape. Um, And you know what? I'll give the Islanders defense some credit here because at the beginning of the year, it was downright brutal, right? They Mm -hmm. were atrocious. But I think if you're ranking the issues, I mean, we talked about them third on this list. Um, I think you have to give them some credit for stepping up and playing much better
3: yeah 100% the the defense has been much better specifically recently um, which is good to see it just sucks that we're seeing it in game 39 (laughs) right and
1: uh, well now you gotta hope and pray your offense comes to life here on a massive massive road trip which is not gonna be an easy task exactly so like good luck to the rest of them (laughs) anyway uh, the second big topic that we have to get into here that shook Isle's Twitter to its core. Austin Zarnick waived and now claimed by the Seattle Kraken, so lost for nothing.
3: Yeah, it was weird because you're going, why did they need to waive him specifically? And it's because they just had too many players on the roster. They were at 23 players. He comes out of IR because he's healthy now, and it's like, well, now we got 24, we got to move someone. And they decided to move Austin Zarnick.
1: Now, okay, correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember hearing that the Islanders signed another forward, I'm not going to name any names, to a waiver proof contract. Am I remembering that correctly? I have no idea who you're talking about. Okay. Yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah, okay. you're right. So why and not? It is. So then why not just wave Ross Johnston? They don't want to. I know, but that even it would be just a it would be a temporary thing, no? It doesn't have to be a season-long banishment to Bridgeport.
3: It uh, kind of it, what do you do with them, right? You're already at 23 players. And so you keep Austin Zarnick around. They they just they don't feel like he fits with what they're doing. And I'm also kind of confused. I thought, like, this was a good opportunity to move Ross Johnson. If someone wants to pick him up, great. Um, But they clearly do not want to run that way. And that shouldn't necessarily be surprising because they did offer him $4 million over four years. They didn't do that for nothing. Yeah. I guess. But
1: uh, Zarnik was... Pretty good in his eleven-game sample size. He put up five points, two goals, three assists. Was playing about eleven minutes a night. I don't know. I I liked him as in a in a depth role. I'm not saying you know he's someone who even should be playing every single night, but I don't know. I kind of like how he played
3: yeah no he's played really well or did play really well for the islanders he was energetic he was in on the rush he was creating opportunities he was good defensively they trust him going over the boards right lane lambert said so much about him specifically there's a lot to like there it's clear they didn't like it enough to be like you do you don't you can't take a spot from from ross johnston uh okay (laughs) all right that's weird but that's how they feel and that shouldn't necessarily be surprising again because there there are 4 million reasons each one of them worth at least $1 as to why Ross Johnson is still in the lineup.
1: I know. I I know. It, it's just it's weird. 22 games since the start of 2020 2021
3: he's played for the Islanders. You're talking about um Ross Johnson. Yeah. They <sighs> They're built on that identity, right? That identity from the fourth line. And it really sounds like I'm going out of my way to say, like, Ross Johnson needs to stay in the lineup. It's I'm just trying to understand it from their perspective. I'm not saying it's the right perspective. And I know you're not saying that, Matt, but just in case someone listening at home is like, Mitch loves Ross Johnson way too much. That ain't the case. Um, it, it, to me, it seems that they like their identity so much and they feel that if that identity is broken, like say Matt Martin isn't around, they need someone else to step in and take that role and, and give them that identity. And Ross Johnston does that. And if we know anything about this club, is they they cherish or, or or yeah cherish that identity so much that they're not willing to part with it at all for any way, shape, or form, including Austin Zarnick. No, and you're right. Austin Zarnick is
1: not anywhere close to. Any of the three on the on the fourth line, his his style of bottom six play is a little bit different than what Matt Martin, Casey Sezakis, and Cal Clutterbuck are doing. And Ross Johnston is absolutely much more closer to a carbon copy of Matt Martin. Um, I don't know. Again, I'm not losing sleep over Austin Zarnick getting claimed on waivers. It was just a little weird. That's all.
3: Oh, yeah, you're right. And and the point that you're making is is valid, right? Like, why are we keeping Ross Johnson when we've got Matt Martin? It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Um, It's just they were very clear with their commitment to Ross Johnson when they signed him. So, like, I understand the kind of, like, it doesn't compute. And you're all right. Everyone who says that is 100% correct. It's just you shouldn't be surprised by this move. Because there's a four-year, four-million-dollar commitment that says that this was going to happen every day and twice on Saturday. Yeah.
1: What? Oh, well. I don't know. Again, it's. It, I feel like a broken record. It's weird. I don't really have a good answer for why they decided to do it, but is it surprising? No. They've shown time and time again that they love Ross Johnson. Hell, Lou
3: Lamarillo gave him two four-year contracts. <laughs> he signed up for eight years of Ross Johnson, Lou Lamarillo. So he really, really likes him, even if it's as a fourteenth forward. That and that's what he is. He's a fourteenth forward, right? Yeah. He's not even the guy, the first guy you turn to. He's no the, only the first guy you turn to if you absolutely have to turn to a guy like him. Right, <laughs> that's such a niche role. <laughs> it really is, and I I get it. I get why Islanders fans are like, I don't. What the, you, you yeah. But you shouldn't be surprised by it because you, you've you had a, some time to get used to this idea.
1: Yeah. And as you said, it's nothing new.
3: No, it, it's really nothing new. It's just that's how he does it. So we'll see. Like, good luck to Austin Zarnik in Seattle. He'll get to play with uh, Jordan Eberle. I, I assume. Maybe on the same line. Maybe. So, <laughs> hey, he's a good player. Just a replacement level, really. So... And it is what it is. I I'm not I'm also not losing a whole lot of sleep over it. Yeah. No. Um what do we have for Dan on the farm this week? Oh boy, Matt, we gotta start with Williams Fool. Okay. Like he's now on a twenty game point streak. I, I haven't seen if he scored yet the, today. He I, he added an assist on the first goal. Uh, let me just find out if at the time of the recording he has scored a goal. I I don't think he has, so his goal streak might be over. Um but he's now got the third longest point streak in franchise history for the st john Sea dog at 20 games he's got two points in this game by the way (laughs) two assists he's just a machine man yeah in those 20 games he now has 39 points wow (laughs) it's (laughs) just wow it's insane he's averaging basically two points a game over a 20 game sample size 20 games that's that's just stupid it's just stupid and i understand it's the qmjhl they score a lot but they're not all scoring at this rate there's only a few players who score at this rate and he's one of them and he was a fifth round pick
1: yeah and you got to give him credit for that like
3: as you said you prefaced it it's a scoring
1: league but even at the rate that he is scoring is still impressive
3: yeah absolutely i'm just trying to bring up the stats for the league right now i haven't looked at them in a little bit there but um just to see where he ranks with the other ones, to see like how far he is from other players. Um, so I'm just bringing it up here. Stats, statistics for players. He leads the league in points with 57. He is second in the league in goals in 27. Only one player has more, obviously at 28. And then it goes to like 23 goal scores after that. Um There aren't, there are very few players that are close to him and even points. He's got 57, next player's got 53. He's four points ahead the next guy for the highest scoring player in the league. Not too shabby. Not too shabby. And this is only game four since St. John's, or St. John, brought in, like, everyone. At the trade deadline, they brought in a ton of players. Like, they traded away all their draft picks, basically, all of their kind of prospects, everything. They moved hell and high water to bring in Scoring forwards, depth forwards, defensemen, and a goalie. They did everything. They brought in all of this talent. And he he was doing well before this. He's going to do even better with it. Like, it's absolutely insane what this kid is doing. And it's only going to get better at the QMJHL level.
1: Keep pumping his tires. I'm here for it.
3: Yeah. Um, And I want to get to Etuliuqas, who's uh, playing for TPS. Another fifth-round pick this time just last year. He's playing a, a depth role for TPS, and holy hell is he doing well. The scoring right now is, is rounding, not rounding into shape, but like is, is much better. He hasn't um, put up a point in the last couple of games, but remind you that he is a fourth-line player. So he hasn't put up a point up in the last two games. But before that, he's got four points in seven games. Okay. That's really good for a fourth-line player. And then Tia brought it to my attention that three of his goals, I think he's got how many on the year? Six goals. So half of them come on the PK as a shorthanded goal. Wow. Okay. That's really impressive. It's really impressive. He's strong. He's not the fastest skater, but he's a a decent enough skater. He's got a hell of a shot uh, and he's physical to boot. He plays a tough physical game. He's, I'm not going to say ready for the NHL, but he's, ready for North America f- f- without question I-, I think he would do well in North America yeah I would love to see him over here that would be phenomenal right so that's back to back fifth round picks where you're going alright I'm not saying NHLer, but I'm saying there's something there's something damn well there for sure fifth round picks that's those are darts right you're throwing that going like eyes oh, closed I hope I hit something <laughs> and they got two it seems again not saying they're NHLers for sure but there's something there
1: no. Yeah. It's like betting on a first touchdown score pick in the Super Bowl and hitting on it.
3: Yeah. Right. So you got to feel good about ourselves. And the final one is Robin Sallow because okay. we don't necessarily know where he is right now. I thought Bridgeport. Well, that's what I thought, too. Barry Trotz has said he's in Bridgeport, which I'm like, OK, okay well, that makes sense because they did send him to the minors. But he hasn't been added to the roster yet. I'm I'm looking again right now just to make sure Um, Bridgeport Islanders. The last move that the Bridgeport Islanders did was today where they sent down Phoenix Bebo to the ECHL. Hmm. And Robin Salah has been sent to the minors like a few days ago. Like his name should be here by now. Yeah, you would think so. And so like I I trust that Barry is telling the truth, but it's like, well, why hasn't he been added to the roster? I don't get it. There's got to be some method to the madness that we just are missing here. Uh, yeah. And like they have a roster spot open right? The, with Kyle Palmieri off on IR or not IR. Sorry, non uh, non roster because of the birth of his child. Child. Congrats there. Um, they're at 22 of 23. So there's an open spot. But based off of Barry Trotz's words, now nah, he's gone in Bridgeport, which to me says he's not even he's not going to be there for any game. They're not going to call him up for the Edmonton game on Friday. I know. Yeah, I doubt that. So to anyone thinking that Robin Salo is going to make the jump back to the NHL, I don't think it's happening. Think again. Yeah, it's he's in the AHL for a bit, which is fine. I'm perfectly okay with that. I want me to too. see him play games. I'd rather see him play than sit in the press box and do nothing. You took the words out of my mouth.
1: That's what I was going to say. If if it's my choices are have him sit and not play in the NHL or go down and play and get reps, give me the reps because... How many AHL
3: games does he actually have under his belt? It's not a lot, right? It's 12, um, I feel like. or It might be 17. I'm just trying to bring up my my report here where I've got everything loaded there. It it takes me a second just because there's a lot of moving parts to it there. Um, Where am I going here? Robin Sallow has, I clicked on the wrong person, of course, misclick under stress. He has 18 games, sorry, 14 games played with the Bridgeport Islanders this year. Okay. He's got more NHL experience than AHL experience. I don't think it's a
1: bad thing that he's going down right now.
3: No, exactly. It's perfectly fine. It is what it is. Um, I don't expect to see him for a little while. Okay. And hopefully he comes when he comes up next time, because he will, he'll be yeah. better for it. Exactly. So I, that's your, your your recap. I don't think... Is there anyone else you wanted to talk about in the prospect pool? No, I think we hit on all the big ones. I was going to ask you about Salo, but we wrapped that up, so... Shall we do the quiz? Let's do it. As we do every week, I have a mystery New York Islander for you at home and you, Matt, to guess. You have five clues to guess who he is. It gets progressively easier as we go. Are you ready? Let's do it. Perfect. This one comes from Spiz. So thank you, Spiz. I didn't thank him last week. This week, he gave me another one. Okay. Um, so clue number one. I was born in Herning, Denmark. I probably pronounced that wrong, but Herning, Denmark. Roman Hammerlick. Incorrect. Two, I was drafted. Well, sorry, I don't know if Roman was born there or not, but it's not the player I had in mind. (laughs) Two, I was drafted by Ottawa in 2004. Okay, next. Three, I was traded for 2014 fourth round pick, so Islanders received a 2014 fourth round pick for this player and someone else. I forget who the other player was. Uh, They used that pick to get uh, Yaroslav Halak, by the way. Ooh. Okay, I'm stumped so far. So four, I've scored seven points in 44 games for the Islanders. My first goal came against the Phoenix Coyotes. I believe they're still called Phoenix then in 2013-14. And it was assisted by Brock Nelson.
1: This is uh I think this is a bad guess, but I'm gonna say it anyway, because it's from that era and it's the only one coming up. Colin McDonald? Incorrect. No, he wouldn't be
3: born in Denmark. Okay. So last one here, I'm just trying to bring something up here just in case. Is my name is Peter and I'm currently repping Denmark at the Olympics. Who the hell is it? Peter Regan. Oh
1: wow. Yeah, I, I forgot I he totally- existed.
3: Same thing. I totally forgot Spiz that he's playing with, with Denmark. You should probably uh, put him in there. And I was like, okay, yeah, that, that is a good a good pull. Wow. So thank you, Spiz, for that. I forgot that he played for the Islanders. Totally. I like, when he said the name, I was like, do you mean Peter Regeer? And I was like, that's not the same person. All right. So I, I looked, I, and I totally forgot. I was like, that's got to be someone from, like, the early 2000s. 13, 14.
1: Totally I forgot. really don't have much recollection of that. So that was uh, that was the quiz. Thank you, Spiz. Yeah, thank you, Spiz, on that one. You, you guys stumped me. I uh, I did not know. Let's do it the social?
3: Yeah, let's do it. What do you got to kick us off in the social segment this week? Okay, it's just loading. My internet is apparently very slow here in Canada. Uh, maybe I didn't pay my bill on time or something like that. Um, so maybe you want to go first because sure. like, it's not loading.
1: Uh, my first one comes from Olympic Hockey on NBC, and it says Franz Nielsen on the penalty shot. So if you didn't see earlier today Denmark upset the Czech Republic and just if you anything you remember about Franz Nielsen in uh the shootout is pretty much exactly what we saw happen today but it was just on the Olympic stage
3: so I'm just so happy for Franz good for him yeah it's got to feel extra special that they won the game too against a, a decent Czech opponent that's good first Olympic win for Denmark Yeah, I was
1: going to say, they haven't won an Olympic game yet, the men's hockey team. That's
3: impressive. Yeah, so good job by them. Um, Mine, my first one now comes from Independent, at Independent underscore ZEN, says, Hey, Canucks fan. This is a Canucks Twitter account. Uh, They got a poll. Which Stanley Cup final loss hurts the most and why? And so the votes are for 1982, the loss against the, the Islanders, the 94 loss against the Rangers, the 2011 loss against the Bruins, or all equally? And I'm kind of surprised just a little bit that the Islanders won ranks lowest at 12.5%. Maybe because they knew they had no chance. I guess. Like, they got, I wouldn't say blown out, because they did get swept, and they scored only one goal in the final two games. But they were pretty close. I think it was like 6-5 wins for the Islanders in the first two games. Um, And then then the Islanders just said, like, no, we're done here. This isn't happening, and just killed them.
1: Yeah, I I think... 2011 was a uh, game seven, if I'm not mistaken, right?
3: That sounds right. Yes. Yes, it was.
1: Yeah. So I feel like that one's going to be very high up there. Uh, even the Rangers And it was won. in
3: Vancouver, too, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. Even it the was. Rangers one was ge- seven games, too.
3: Yeah. And I remember also- the, the, the Rangers one as a kid. I remember that okay. one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it kind of talking through it, it kind of makes I I would agree with that poll. I would think that would be the lowest.
3: Uh, yeah, I think there's some recency bias, and I'll also like, you know, the, uh, it was a pretty shocking loss. <laughs> like, at home, Stanley Cup final, you're doing well. Like, this is you're, the culmination of all your efforts for years, and then ramp. And well, against the Rangers,
1: weren't they up 3 2 in the series? I think that's right. Right, because Messier guaranteed game six,
3: and then they went and won game seven. No. wasn't that in the previous series though I believe that was the, the series before where he made that that guarantee maybe well,
1: you're right. right I don't know Screw. I don't know my it's... Rangers history like I know the Islanders
3: history no exactly all I remember is rooting against the Rangers then and <laughs> being disappointed as a kid when I woke up that morning because like 94 I was only 10 at the time like I'm still young I woke up in the morning going, like, can't wait to see the the, the highlights on TSN for the, the, the Vancouver Canucks win. And then my jaw dropping when I see Messier with the cup. God dang it. Yeah, not not the best. No. Um, you want to do your second one? Yes,
1: mine comes from uh, Friends Yes Men Outfitters. They say, Happy Gillies more? Bobby Bow? Cher? Mr. Leeds? Barzy Madison? Pully halloween adam sandler is an isles guy it's star star allegedly and it's a screenshot of one of their orders and the name on the order is adam sandler
3: i hope so that'd be pretty damn cool if adam sandler is actually an islander fan
1: well i mean he's he's from new york i know he's a jets fan and a yankees fan i think Knicks too so who knows maybe he's an Islanders fan
3: maybe maybe he's buying into all the hype now that the islanders are good again could be uh, maybe not right now, but <laughs> the previous couple of years. Sure, sure. Yeah, that'd be great. Good for yes, man. I hope so. I hope so. That'd be sick. Yeah, they're buttes over there. I love them. My um, here, unless the next one comes from Cord Up. I think we all know who he is. Multiple sources say Isles have been presented with mock-ups of a fisherman reverse retro jersey for twenty one for t- the twenty twenty one and twenty two twenty three season, but the team rejected them all. However, the Isles will honor the 2223. My god, I can't talk. 2223 season as their 50th anniversary and a few surprises are in store.
1: Interesting. I really would like them to bring back the Fisherman just so we can see the Twitter meltdown because I think there are two people too many people who are so so against it that while I I like it. I think it's cool. I think it's retro and I'm a sucker for anything 90s nostalgic. Um so maybe I'm the wrong person to comment on this, but I I think I would just get a kick out of everyone whose Twitter profile picture is an Islanders logo being very upset online. That would make, that bring me some,
3: some joy. Is that too harsh? No, it's fine. I I would love to see the same thing. Just to watch the world burn, see the fishermen come in. I want to see this happen so bad. I've talked about it a number of times and my reason, my reasoning as to why, um, And I just want to see everyone who's just kind of like poo-pooed on the idea immediately because like, "Ah, I I remember that time. Yeah, we all remember that time. Well, most of us anyways. It sucked, but like, let's change the narrative around that. And then it's just kind of like, nope, done, dead. Okay, well, whatever. If we could just kind of like, middle ground would be a lighthouse. Let's do that. I would love that, right? A lighthouse. That would be awesome. But we're going to be stuck with a, a different shade of blue. I guarantee it.
1: Yeah, maybe this time they'll go light blue instead Ooh. of like going darker. They'll do a few shades lighter.
3: Very, we just put it in the wash with some whites, kind of thing, and it just it, <laughs> it light like, off a little bit too much. Yeah. Is that how it works. I don't do laundry.
1: Uh, Lou discovered it by accident. He uh, he accidentally had bleach in there, and it, and it turned a little bit lighter color blue. And, and he had liked a skittle
3: it. in his mouth that just fell out after he was sucking on it. It's like, oh, I like that shade. Yeah, I think
1: so. <laughs> Beauty. Do you have anything else? That was it from me. So if you
3: had anything, we can close it out with what you have. I've got two more for you. Ooh, wow, how it. about that? Um this one here comes from Dennis TFP. Results of the All-Star Game Fastest Gator Competition. Kairou three thirteen five five. Uh Kempe thirteen five eight five. Chris Kreider thirteen point six. McDavid thirteen sixty nine. Kale McCarth thirteen eight three four. That is nowhere near to what Matthew Barzal had when he won it. Like not even close. No, yeah. What was he at? Thirteen one seven five. Wow. He would have punked, punked, all of them. That's in like even Cairo at thirteen five five. He's four hundred, maybe three hundred plus of a second faster. That's that's a lot. No, it is. When they're usually all
1: tight, like like, that is a
3: big big gap. Right. Kale McCarr was the slowest by far at thirteen eight three four and like th- yeah Barzell would have punked them. Wow. It's
1: frustrating. It is.
3: Uh and last one here uh comes from uh, les Canadiens de Montreal who have hired your boy Short King uh, Martin Saint-Louis interim head coach. I love it. I am I'm excited for him. Uh I'm also
1: nervous because that does not look like a good situation for him to be going <laughs> into.
3: <laughs> it's not great with the interim tag as well like and no coaching experience at the professional level as far as I I know. I don't Was think he coaching so. somewhere else? Um,
1: that's a good question. D- I don't think so. I will say that like he is someone that clearly everyone loves and respects, so at least he's going to get that from the players. But, yeah, I mean, he doesn't have any experience, and it's in a brutal situation going to Montreal now. Isn't it crazy that they were just in the Stanley
3: Cup a few months ago? <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It is. I saw one tweet that brought up, like, Uh, I think it was Pete Blackburn going, you're you're now going to have Martin St. Louis coaching Cole Caulfield. Perfection, right? Because, like, those are two really short players. One guy is, like, the the short and elitist. Wow, how do I say it? The most elite short player to ever play the game, uh, teaching Cole Caulfield, who's got insane talents. Look out. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. I didn't even think of that, but that is a good point.
0: Yeah.
3: I also, I've heard rumors that PK, like, the. Montreal Canadiens are looking to bring back P.K. Subban when his contract expires. And I am all for that. Oh, my God. Give me P.K. Subban returning to Montreal. That'd be a cool coming home story. Yeah. So that's all I've got. End, end of story. Boom, boom.
1: See if you need. All right. So before we go, a couple of informative things for you. Wherever you are listening to the show, please make sure to subscribe. Give a rating and review. That really helps us, helps us out a lot. We appreciate all the love and support. You can follow along with us on social media at Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. My Twitter is Matt O'Leary, NY, and Mitch is over at T-L-O-Mitch. Facebook is Facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. You can subscribe to our Patreon, get a whole bunch of bonus content there for 5 bucks a month. You get a mailbag show. You get post-game shows when games actually happen. Uh, And you get a Discord channel full of awesome Islanders fans. So definitely worth your while
3: there. And, uh, hey, maybe check out the website, too, for some articles. That'd be nice. That would be nice. Williams-Defield did score, by the way. So he's up to a seven-game point streak, which leads the franchise history. So (laughs) Unreal. Breaking
1: records. The run continues for him. And uh, that's going to do it for us on this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Once again, I am Matt O'Leary. He is Mitch Anderson, and I'll talk to you next time.